1: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew, and I'm a writer, reality competition TV fanatic and a 100% faithful promise. The Trade Hour is a deep dive into every episode of the backstabbing TV show that made you seek out this podcast, The Traitors, streaming on BBC and Peacock. This season of the podcast is dedicated to the UK series of The Traitors and today, at long last, we've reached the final episode of the series and what a finale it is. When I first watched this, I watched it as soon as it was available on BBC iPlayer because I couldn't bear the possibility of having the outcome spoiled for me by social media or anyone I knew texting me about it by accident. And it's this episode that cemented my obsession with the show. Watching episode 12 of The Traders UK made me know there and then that this was pretty much perfect TV that would catch like wildfire. I have a returning brilliant co-host today to dissect this final episode, and we had a big meaty discussion about the show, so there's no TT news for this episode. Instead, let's get right to the deep dive with my special guest. My guest today on this special finale episode of The Trader (laughs) is a returning co-host, this is David Bloomberg. David is a survivor and general reality TV expert, blogger, content creator and podcaster. He was the creator and publisher and editor of Reality News Online, Foxes on Idol, the Reality TV Hall of Fame and the Reality TV Hall of Shame websites, and also wrote weekly reality TV columns for two newspapers. Additionally, David is an engineer, poker player, Cubs fan and occasional juggler. David, welcome back. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you. I, I made sure to include the extended bio this time.
1: Yes, yes, I, I think I need to uh, adjust that bio because it I mean, uh, doesn't mention the weekly podcast too, I don't think so. Yes, I, I need to I need to go back in there and, and fix all that.
0: I, I yes, I need to I need to add an even more. <laughs> uh, so We've mostly spoken on the podcast about the U.S. Traitors. Uh, Today we're talking about the finale. I I had you on as a guest for the finale episode of the U.S. Traitors, and I felt I had to invite you back as as a guest for the finale of the U.K. Traitors because uh, you're the the perfect person to talk to about this. You've got a really good knowledge of how the show works, uh, and we had a really great conversation last time, so thank you very much for joining me. Oh, well, thank you. I think we can dive right into our explanation of the game that we will be playing that listeners of the podcast, regular listeners will be pretty familiar with. We're going to play The Trader Traitor. I'll explain the rules for anyone who doesn't know. Our goal throughout the episode from here on in is to tell one lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact, big or small. It can't be a fake opinion. At the end of the episode, we then each have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. David, for the third time, are you ready to lie to me?
1: I am. I am. Uh, Although I don't think we did it the second time, actually.
0: Oh, maybe we didn't. Okay, well...
1: Or that was your lie.
0: Or did we? (laughs) Or that was your lie right there. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Okay. I see where you are.
0: Let's let's say that the game starts now, from this very moment. (laughs) lying aloud from here on in and i think we are probably ready to dive right into the finale episode episode 12 of the traitors uk here we go so the episode opens with uh, voices of the series we have these voiceovers from various people like tom booming over images of the scottish highlands saying alex isn't a traitor she's my girlfriend some of those memorable moments from the series do you know funnily enough this really reminded me of a, a one of the missions in the us series they had a mission in an episode that wasn't in the uk version uh, do you remember it was this sort of like vanishing memory game they were in a room the lights would go out the lights would come back on and different things in the room had changed and for some reason they acted like it was the ghosts of the banished players who were stealing things and their voices like cody's voice would come over on some loudspeaker somewhere so this this put me in mind of that we also get a little recap of the the two traitors being banished so far amanda and Alyssa, and a montage of all the faces throughout the series all the different contestants as they were murdered or banished and then it's breakfast it's time for our final breakfast of the series now we only have five players left so we get to spend a little bit longer in each player uh aaron reflects on his time and he he talks about the fact that he he really was almost it's quite surprising that aaron's still here because mm-hmm. in an early episode he really was almost gone and he had that moment where he was really upset he had to leave the round table which no one else ever did uh somehow he survived and what's quite sweet is he keeps uh telling us why why he wants this money and he wants to help his mum put a deposit down mm-hmm. on a house uh david how, how do you feel about aaron do we really like aaron
1: yeah yeah i like aaron um i mean this i i don't know that i like the extended breakfast intro like you know <laughs> there's you know we're not waiting for anything here you could just let all five of them come in you know they don't have to come in one at a time and knock there's no mystery in terms of who's coming or not
0: very true unless there's some sort of last minute twist yeah. to the game well yeah. it's funny actually they keep uh they keep talking about twists and turns in this episode there's a moment where one of them says i think it's aaron and says no more twists and turns yeah and i sort of thought there haven't really been any twists and turns i mean yeah. the game's kind of played out the same format every episode except maybe the dinner party episode so i don't know what the twists have been uh, i guess i guess they didn't know who would be murdered every morning but other than that i'm not sure yeah hannah then arrives we get a montage of hannah just sort of shouting and being loud is what i've written down <laughs> she that's
1: yeah that's hannah
0: <laughs> <laughs> she says in her interview it's quite dangerous to come in as a big personality I often find that people on reality shows who are self-proclaimed big personalities uh, are also possibly quite annoying personalities. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that is yes. annoying. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I just think probably the people who describe themselves that way uh, may, may be a little tricky to be around all the time.
1: Yeah, and also the ones who say, you either when you meet me, you either love me or you hate me. Yep, yeah. probably, Yep, Probably we're going to hate you.
0: <laughs> I agree. Uh, Kieran arrives and Kieran recaps the strangeness of his journey on the show. And it is, yes, kind of a very unique experience because he, of course, was asked to leave at the beginning of the very first episode. Him and Amos, off they went, only to return four or five episodes later. And Kieran says he's the only player who's played both roles, really. He was uh, faithful for most of the competition has become a traitor now at the last minute you would think that's that might be an advantage however as as we'll get to maybe that's not the case for poor kieran
1: yeah uh kieran is interesting in that he's the only one of the final five that i i i don't really like Uh, on the show maybe in person he's fine but he seemed cocky to me the whole time even his job description solutions consultant what does that even mean <laughs> that sounds totally made up uh you know later on hannah will say there's an edge to him and he looks guilty and i mean i think he looked that way coming into the house or well coming into the driveway before yeah, he sent yeah. away because he was trying to you know in that you know way back in that first episode Trying to be like, oh, I'm gonna put myself over here, uh, rather than I know I can beat all these people. But I'm gonna put myself over here. Yeah, bye. Uh, so,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I I found myself thinking the same thing when I looked at his job description. I, I did think, what what is a solutions consultant? Am I it yeah. could actually could be anything. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, Kieran, I, I like I I think that's I don't know. I think that says he's got this sort of cool, collected demeanor uh i, I think kieran's, kieran's a, i think he's a nice guy i think he's okay i don't think uh,
1: like i said i can only judge him by what we saw on the show yeah, and he yeah. de- you know yeah he was definitely different than the other of the, uh, the finalists
0: yes yes uh which causes a problem as we go on mm-hmm. uh meryl appears for breakfast she can't believe she's got this far I can't believe she's got this far. Yeah. (laughs) She is loving all the connections she's made, the friendships. She says she's loved the missions. She's done all these really amazing things. Uh, Wealth arrives, and (laughs) he's got this really funny moment in his interview. He's talking to the camera, and, and he says yeah i'm a traitor and stuff like that but (laughs) and it just made me laugh a traitor and stuff like that (laughs) what does that mean Uh, but he's pretty proud of himself for for getting this far and for making it through what what must have been a really difficult process i mean i i criticize wealth quite a lot for looking guilty all the time (laughs) and for squirming around but I, i have to acknowledge that He's he's done it. He's he he's reached the final. He's got well, yeah. he's got the extreme trust of of most of the players who're mm-hmm. left. Uh, so as guilty as I think he looks all the time on TV, he, he got away with it in person.
1: Yeah, and well, I have some thoughts about that. We'll we'll get to that. I'm sure.
0: Yes. uh After breakfast, then, and of course, there are no murders. We they all know that they're going to show up today. We start to hear some discussions around the house and immediately it, it's it's all quite awkward and uncomfortable i think uh kieran is talking to hannah and Wolf in one room at first and he says to them well it's one of those two meaning either meryl or aaron who are in another room and he says i'm not voting for either of you wanting them to say it back to them i i, I noticed that uh kieran, throughout most of this episode is wearing a trench coat. I, I think psychologically, <laughs> that's a bad idea. <laughs> and even when they step outside, he's got these like shiny aviator shades on. Uh, I, yeah, I think you're kind of making yourself look a little bit uh, surreptitious or a bit detective-y or uh, you're trying to be incognito. I, I don't know if that's a good look to go for.
1: Yeah, one of them uh, said when he walked in to breakfast, uh, you look like Inspector Gadget.
0: <laughs> i can see the inspector gadget vibes <laughs> uh, maybe that would have helped him yeah. avoid his this <laughs> poor fate later in his interview he says that you know will and him they're going to have to pull together as a team although i think we can tell he already knows that may not be what's going to happen wolf's trying to talk through his plans he suggests this is in his interview and he suggests, well, he's either going to have to get people to gang up on Merrill and get Merrill out, and then maybe move on to Aaron and get Aaron out. However, I, I noticed that this this presents a problem, and I noticed this in the US version of the show too, and we probably talked about this. The traitors do have a bit of a problem at the end of the game, uh, although they have definitely have an advantage throughout. There is this issue when you get to the final episode. The more faithfuls you vote out, the more you're putting the spotlight on yourself, because mm-hmm. you you just remain part of a smaller and smaller group remaining. Like At some point, you can't keep voting out faithfuls for faithfuls to then just stand up and say, I'm a faithful. So as a traitor, you, you kind of have to get to the point where you vote off one of your own right at the end in order to make yourself look like a faithful. And in order to trick the others into thinking all the traitors are gone you can't just keep voting out faithfuls until the end although i say that (laughs) and then and the us traitors which we'll talk more about later probably that kind of did happen and uh things that i didn't expect to happen happened what what, what do you think about you know the way that the game ends
1: yeah, it's so it it bounces around this episode. So um I you know, I will therefore have to bounce around too. But like, you know, Kieran said, well, you know, uh I I want to be a team with Wilf. And you know, he shouldn't have brought me on just to stab me in the back. And I mean, first of all, it's not like he had a choice in bringing you on. It he it was a directive. Now, not Kieran in particular, but that he had to bring someone on. And so you've got that aspect of things but you've also got the aspect of things that they can't make it together to the end as much as kieran keeps saying that but there's no way those two were going to get together at the end or stay together at the end because it seems like the faithfuls had to find one more trader before they'd end the game yeah uh and aaron both said specifically there was one more trader in the game and so I, I don't know if they were specifically told there was one more traitor. They presumed it. They acted like they knew there was one more traitor in the game. And so there was no opportunity for both Kieran and Wilf to make it to the end. It just could not happen. Yeah. And so Kieran was over here hoping Wilf wouldn't turn on him. And Wilf understood, I have to turn on him. I have no choice in the matter. And so, you know, it it set up a lot of what happens in this episode of of Kieran being angry and then doing all the, you know, it's snowballing from them from 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 there. And so that is an interesting part of of the end because. Yeah, you had mentioned in uh, discussing episode 10 that it seemed like the producers ensured there would always be a traitor. It was ensured there would always be a traitor at the end. And so it raises a couple of questions. One, how are the faithful supposed to get out all the traitors? And two, how are the traitors supposed to act? Yeah, in either case, you almost need to play against production as well as against the game. Because, like you said... If you are a trader, you need to let them knock out some traders. Yeah. But then it seems like producers are just going to throw another trader in there anyway, a- and so you've got that. But if you're if you're a faithful, maybe you don't want to vote out all the traders. I mean, not that we have that problem of them. Oh my gosh, get you know being on such a great run, but maybe you don't want to, or they'll. You know, production will just pick someone else anyway, and then you'll have no clue. Yeah. So, or, you know, the other alternative is, if you're faithful, make it known that you wish you had been a trader so that you'll be the one picked as a replacement. Yeah. Uh, because that's what, you know, a number of these traders have said when it came time for that was, oh, I don't want to pick that person. They're so anti-traitor. Uh, so you become the, the replacement, and maybe you're in a, a good spot. I mean the other alternative is the producers should just start with four instead of three or they could just let the game play out and not mess with it
0: <laughs> although I, I suppose then what you end up with is the possibility i think i said this on episode 10 that mm-hmm. you could end up with you know all the traitors gone by episode 9 or 10 and or that the, you know in the, in the last episodes all faithfuls and it possibly reduces some of the sort of intensity or reduces the stakes for the viewers and it might not feel so you know you start you you start the final episode thinking oh well the faithful one so i think they probably won't ever want that to happen
1: yeah and again you know i mean there are what is it 22 players in the uk version yes and they still had the same number of traders as the US version. I mean it's only two more players than the US version, but still eh, throw another trader in there to make it less likely. And you know, maybe if they really do find the absolute last trader, just you know, have a you know, random spinning wheel and you're the new you're the new trader rather than the 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 way it was forced of will you know having to pick someone picking kieran and then that setting up this whole weird end game
0: yeah i i think uh kieran it probably was fighting a losing battle as soon as he was recruited i think his only way out realistically would be to turn everyone against well mm-hmm. and get him out and that was just never going to happen because they were all so blinded by well i also think that the fact i I think he was a bit of a disadvantage as a traitor or a player in general because he had been away for a little bit yeah okay it was only four episodes but i i I get the impression he was still kind of seen as a newcomer he hadn't made as many bonds with everybody so if they were going to get rid of anyone it was the guy who's not been here as long as everybody else so I, i kind of felt like that was going against them, too.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. And the fact that there was the easy excuse that uh, Claudia had said, well, they could be coming back in as uh, traitors or faithfuls. Yeah. And I truly thought one was going to come in as a traitor and one as a faithful. Yeah. Uh, so I was surprised when they both came in as faithfuls. Yeah. But, I mean, they were looking for someone. They all trusted Wilf. And, you know, I mean, and like I said, uh, well, and like Hannah said, you know he just has a different personality than the rest of them he has that edge to him and he's easy to target in that way uh, who knows maybe that's why wilf actually picked him to begin with
0: yeah yeah perhaps well before we even get to the voting out we have a mission we have a mission to get through uh it's the the helicopter jumping in the lake treasure hunt speedboat solve riddles mission all merged into one uh the helicopter you,
1: aren't you aren't you you're scottish don't you have to call it a lock
0: oh yes the lock sorry what did i call it lake oh <laughs> i i was catering to my international audience <laughs> and of course a lock Loch glass uh yeah the the helicopter flies the players to claudia who's conveniently waiting for them by the lock. Uh, she reminds them of the kind of missions they've done so far they've faced barrels bridges lasers even sheep and she tells them there is twenty thousand pounds at stake here and if they win that twenty thousand pounds it'll push the total prize over a hundred thousand pounds she asks for the two volunteers who are the strongest swimmers aaron and hannah volunteer before claudia then reveals they will not just be swimming out into the middle of the loch, they'll be jumping from the helicopter. Uh, it's funny because Aaron told us in the previous episode on the rickety bridge that he doesn't really like heights, but he seems to have gotten over that. He doesn't seem too, too bothered about it this time around. And we, we saw this mission in the US show as well. Mm-hmm. The, the, time will start, the time for this mission will start after the second person jumps into the water. Uh their mission is basically a series of unconnected random activities jump into the water get some numbers from the boys (laughs) as you may have noticed claudia pronouncing it rather than buoys yeah which probably should be the way you say it uh (laughs) and then they use those numbers to unlock a padlock and then they get in a boat and they follow clues around with a map find money it's all quite meaningless but it's uh, there's intense music ramping it up and making it feel all very exciting and there's a time limit whether or not that time limit's real or not who knows uh they yeah, i find it funny that there's a time
1: limit and they don't get c- to control the speed of the boat someone else can
0: drive it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true that's true uh, claudia is really enjoying the walkie talkie in this episode she's saying over yes. and out things like that <laughs> um and i noticed one really funny part of this which is uh, a complete reversal oh i don't know if you this is very specific if you remember andy and quentin in the traitors us there's a moment where there's a clue or a money bag hanging on a sort of rope suspended mm-hmm. above the trees and they spend five minutes yes. trying to find this really obvious bag and a complete reversal of that kieran spots the money in a bag in a tree from the boat they've not even landed and he goes there it is so uh, that just made me laugh <laughs> and think back to poor andy and quentin desperately trying to find that same thing uh, yeah, now they i mean they had all five on the boat that's whereas
1: true. Whereas in the U.S. version, they had two, the swimmers stayed on shore and solved a special puzzle. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I do think it's interesting because one thing that we heard was in the U.S. version, the three on the boat had more time to talk to each other yeah. and make plans, whereas you didn't have that separation here. So I wonder if that was intentional or it's just that because in this version, they didn't have the opportunity to win bonus money. So there was no reason to keep people on the shore separate.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, that's right. Uh, Ari and Kate in the US version were sort of on their own. Mm -hmm. solving solving the easiest riddle known to man and taking five minutes to do it (laughs) yes which
1: also appeared in this one they couldn't even come up with a new easy easy riddle. yes
0: that's true um they they arrive at the pink house and they're solving this riddle i notice hannah says the answer to the riddle glass about five times before anyone listens to (laughs) it she even says glass and wealth goes no that's not it and she just keeps going glass 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 and eventually they realize oh yes glass that is the answer that is what you raise in a toast oh yes right. that is the name of the loch so they managed to solve it they win their 20,000 pounds which means that the total prize fund for the entire show is 101,050 pounds that took 3 takes for me to say that number <laughs> properly <laughs> after the mission we then move back to the jeeps again i pointed this out in a previous episode the producers really like them to talk in jeeps don't they they have cameras fitted that's where they must tell them talk now you've done your mission talk scheme plot so we see them in two different jeeps uh, mm-hmm. discussing what they're going to do wealth is already planting seeds for kieran's departure uh, he says to hannah and meryl you know i was close to aaron before but now i feel really close to him essentially saying i am not going to vote for aaron hmm who else might i vote yeah. for yeah Wolf even acknowledges in his interview we either have to banish everyone except the traitors or a traitor has to be found before we end the game so, and this is what we were just speaking about a few minutes right. ago but I, I did quite like this first proposition i didn't actually thought of that what is there a world where the traitors just banish all the faithfuls this is possible i think it's very 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 unlikely Mm -hmm. but they could somehow do it if there were two or three traitors left could they convince people to vote for faithfuls at the last minute turn on the final faith you know maybe maybe they could
1: absolutely do i mean it happens in mafia games you know i mean in a mafia game the regular citizens always far outnumber the mafia but if you can get all of the, you know, the, the good citizens to turn on each other, you can end up with, you know, two or three people from the mafia left yeah. just literally controlling the vote. Now, in a mafia game, it ends at that point because, like, okay, you've won. You know, I think we talked about that before. In a, in a mafia game, you win as a team. So yeah. it doesn't matter if you're voted out or killed. Your whole team still wins here i don't know maybe they start turning on one another at that point uh or they may be fine splitting it's just yeah it is interesting and i i would think if you run the game enough times you will end up with that result at some point
0: yeah the i think we spoke about the australian traitors before am i right in thinking you haven't seen that david i have not okay uh in the future, my mission is to move on to Traitors Australia. I have mm-hmm. seen it, uh, but I would like to do a podcast series on it. The I'll, I'll give no spoilers. What happens towards the end of that series is very interesting in terms of logistics and numbers. Uh, I can't wait to, to get into it and discuss it. There is a moment at some point in the Traitors Australia when the Traitors outnumber the Faithfuls. It gets very, very interesting, mm. and I'll say no more.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to uh, start watching it till we were done here, so I wouldn't confuse anything. And then I'll, uh, you know, then I'll I'll start, uh, you know, once I catch up with you know the various other shows that I've fallen behind on.
0: Yes. So it seems by the time we get to the end of the Jeep journey back to the house, Wolf has essentially come to the conclusion he is going to have to vote out Kieran tonight. And even at this point, I think kieran knows that's very likely he he knows his name's going to come up at the round table at least so he knows he's going to have to defend himself back at the house uh, we have a funny little moment with uh meryl plays claudia she's she's like doing this role play thing asking them mm-hmm. who they're going to vote for aaron can't even handle this <laughs> he just says yeah. please stop it you're making yeah. me anxious <laughs> <laughs> uh from meryl the least intimidating person ever uh Kieran and Wolf have a little bit of time on their own uh, in the billiards room, which is very Cluedo, or Clue, as you would call it. Uh, do you know that we call it Cluedo here? Do you call it what? We call it, the get, you know the board game Clue? Oh yes. We, we call it Cluedo. Cluedo? Yeah, I don't know why, but it has D-O on the end, Cluedo. Yeah. So, okay. I just realized when I was saying that there, you might not know what I'm talking about. Yes. No, I had no idea. In, well, in Clue, do you have a billiard room?
1: I think so. It's been okay. a while since I played. Okay.
0: So, uh, anyway, Kieran, or Wolf. <laughs> yes. Kieran and Wilf are alone in the billiard yes. room. Uh, Wilf, tells... Yeah. <laughs> Wilf, tells Kieran, uh, Wilf tells Kieran very unconvincingly, I think, he's going to vote for Meryl, and that, that's their plan. We're, we're going to have to turn on Merrill tonight. I don't even think Kieran believes that that's going to happen at this point.
1: I feel like everyone was horribly unconvincing.
0: Oh yeah, In yeah.
1: all of these scenes, you know, I mean, like Kieran knew what was going on. Wilf was, thought that he was convincing Kieran. Went to get Hannah as soon as he brought Hannah into the room with Kieran. It was clearly a bad idea. She is a terrible liar. She would have not been a good trader, um, you know. And she used the oldest trick in the reality TV book. Oh, I I don't know who I'm voting for. I'm going to decide at the last minute. When someone says that to you on any reality TV show, it means they're voting for you.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, just lie, Hannah. Just just throw out someone's name. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, and I mean, Will. F- wasn't doing a particularly good acting job. You could tell the end game stress was getting to him. And I think that, I think my notes are a little out of order, but I think this was when, or he had just said, you know, uh, he wouldn't feel bad if he won a $100,000 hand in poker. So he shouldn't hear either. Now, if you win a $100,000 hand in poker, you're playing at some pretty big stakes or at the <laughs> end of a tournament. One or the two. Um, but he said it's it's hard when emotions take over. And I think that's where we are here. Uh, now, since we last talked, I played in an online traders game that was set up by a friend of mine who usually runs the Mafia Zoom games. And uh, I was one of the traders. He does it randomly, but I was lucky enough. Uh, It was obviously just, you know, a few hours of fun, but one big thing you miss, and it's not just in this particular game, but I thought about it. I haven't played in many of the, like, Survivor online reality games or stuff like that, but a lot of people have. But in this case, what you miss is the aspect that we've seen in at least the two seasons I've watched, that you're taking money away from people that you have spent weeks befriending. Yeah. And I I do feel like it's different than like Survivor cuz Survivor there's one winner Big Brother there's one winner. You know, Amazing Race there's one team winning. It's not a feeling that you're taking something away from someone else. But when you are in the Traders, if you are a trader, these people think they're going to win with you and instead you are literally taking it away from them. Yeah. Um, or at least it can be viewed that way I, I, I think it's still something you need to be able to do in the real game but it's not as easy as people think I mean I've been told that by survivor players you know I've mentioned before I have a set of rules uh, for survivor that players should use you can see it behind me on a poster other people listening to this can't but you know go to my various social media and you'll find it and I've been told by players that wh- who know the rules, they're like, yeah, I knew what I was supposed to do, but it's a lot more difficult to actually put it into action once they're playing. And part of that is because these human emotions come in. And, you know, that's just not something you're going to get in a short-term little few-hour game where you probably are already friends with the people and, you know, you're still going to be friends afterwards. And so... It's just interesting to consider that, that I think that's what was happening to Wilf here, is that it was just the weight was bearing down on him completely.
0: Yeah. It's funny that you brought up what Wilf said about poker, because I've written in the same thing, because I remember you used this as an example one We mm-hmm. spoke before, and you said, well, you wouldn't feel bad about winning a game of poker, even though you bluffed your way through it. Yeah, and and <laughs> it is a bit different. But yeah, he says... Would I feel guilty if I won 100 grand in a game of poker? Maybe not, but yes, it's, it's, not, it's not exactly the same thing. I uh, mean,
1: in that one, you're literally taking money from people, especially if it's <laughs> not a tournament. You're literally removing it from one person and putting it into your pocket. Yes. Um, you know, one difference is if you're going... Well, I guess it's not a difference. It's the same. I was... You know, if you're playing poker, you have signed up to play, you know? And so you in theory you should never play in a poker game where you can't afford to lose the money.
0: Yes. You
1: you know, um, uh, there was one famous poker player who was asked what stakes do you like to play at? And he said, whatever stakes make my opponent uncomfortable. (laughs) So, you know, if he's playing against a regular person, then thousands of dollars, if he's playing against a rich person, millions of dollars, um, (laughs) you know and so because it adds that to it where you're not making the best moves for yourself because you're worried about the money and in this game i think everybody's worried about the money
0: yeah yeah so we're heading into the round table with this incredibly uncomfortable atmosphere uh like, like you said no one is lying very convincingly right now to kieran he's going from room to room people won't even look him in the eye it's so awkward yeah. he tries to talk to hannah at one point and she just jumps up and says oh i need to go and do my nails and just yeah. leaves them sitting there uh it, it, he knows what's happening she knows what's happening we know what's happening so we enter the round table then and and hannah she starts with a bit of small talk oh isn't it great we've come this far we've made it guys and and very swiftly turns to kieran and just tells him you look really guilty which he probably does because he is a traitor a recent traitor but a traitor and I, i i've just i just thought at this point how yes you're right he does look guilty but how can you say this to Kieran <laughs> when Wulf, who always looks like he is having a nervous breakdown <laughs> at these round tables, is sitting right beside you? I, and I, I, know we're we're biased as a viewer because we know he's a traitor, but still, there are so many shots of Wulf just looking sick. He he, he he physically hides behind his arms and his hands. He curls up. So if if anyone looks guilty, it's It's been well for weeks and weeks and weeks, but...
1: I mean, maybe they just got used to it and figure it's part of his personality, you know? Because he's been accused so many times. That's true. I I will have something to say after, you know, what we're about to talk about, about a change (laughs) in the way he's acting. But I do think, like, they may have just seen him as looking that way all the time. And they may have noticed... Kieran, well, they almost certainly noticed that Kieran had changed his demeanor because yeah. he knew what was happening, and he was pissed off. Yeah. You know, he was very unhappy about it. He was, uh, as they called him, cryptic. Uh, he he knew his ship was sunk.
0: Yeah, as soon as that accusation comes from Hannah, he, he, he knows it's too late. He has this really interesting response where he just says well i I just hope that good people are left at the end and even then we realize he's dropping clues now that's that's his first sort of hint that there's something they are not appreciating by saying i hope there are good people left at the end uh meryl starts like rambling about (laughs) being being close to hannah and wealth she's essentially just never got a clue what's actually going on no uh (laughs) he didn't even says to them look just stop stop giving me excuses i know you've all been talking about me today he says just put my name down i'll stand up with immediate effect and then I, I notice here that he for better or worse he never actually lies he never ever says i'm not a traitor i'm a faithful he sort mm-hmm. of just talks around, probably because there's no point but right. i think he probably decided he wasn't going to overtly ever lie um he would he would miss you know he would not say certain things but he was never going to say i don't vote for me i'm not i'm not a traitor it's not me so he, he doesn't do any of that uh and the vote the vote then comes very quickly after that and mm-hmm. although that might you might think oh that's just editing they've they've just not included very much there's a short of meryl saying that was fast so her person yeah. that suggests oh it really was like this there was there was no point in having any further discussions it was right. all very obvious
1: yeah and i think kieran even I, did kieran ask claudia can we just do this now or something like that and it was just you know why drag it out why drag out the pain he knows what's going to happen let's get it over with
0: yeah he drops another clue as well while he's still sitting at the table mm-hmm. before they hold up their slates with the names he looks at hannah and nods towards wealth at this point i don't know if she knows what he's doing but it's pretty clear to us what he's trying to do so the voting begins kieran goes first he votes for will he has this sort of standout moment of the series where he says a parting gift and in fact even one of the pieces of music on the soundtrack by sam watts is just titled parting gift they've yeah. named it after <laughs> I, I wonder if kieran got like a songwriting credit for that yeah. uh, everyone else after him then votes kieran uh, 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 and we knew it was going to go that way we cut to an interview with wolf and he looks really really stressed out his face is red and he's he's saying i need to think of a reason to tell everybody else why kieran would have said that they're, they the it was so obvious he said he said it was a parting gift how am I going to explain that away to the others mm-hmm. I think this interview must have been filmed immediately after the round table, simply because he's wearing, wearing the same clothes but because he looks he looks as if he's working through it in that moment I know they do these interviews and they have to talk in present tense and they have to talk right. as right. if these things have just happened but I got the impression That this interview really was present tense and that this was all still uh, you know uh, that's that's the impression i got that the the round table ended they hauled them in to do an interview and he's desperately trying to figure out how am i going to explain what kieran just said in front of everybody
1: i figured it was that you know kieran left and then they kept talking it out and then they did these interviews before going down to the fire
0: right you're right something like that yeah
1: um because he was just Yeah, he went into super defensive mode at this point. Um, And uh, I was actually talking on a a completely different podcast about uh, the whole idea, uh, the accusation that uh, someone doth protest too much and therefore they must be guilty. But really, it's usually meaningless because, well, if you're accused of something, then obviously you're going to defend yourself. Unless you're Kieran in this particular instance, (laughs) Uh, but you know usually, yeah, you're you're going to defend yourself, and again, it's something I see in these online games as well, uh, in you know these mafia games. I think I've mentioned it before, where you can be accused, and then people can target you because you don't defend yourself well enough, or you defend yourself too much, and you've got to find this little middle ground. But in Wilf's case he really did protest too much um or too poorly whatever because uh you know like he was going on i'm a million percent a faithful i would never lie i swear on everything i he was just getting so worked up and then finally he said the thing that clicked with hannah which was if you vote me out i can't speak to you ever again yeah and that was it Uh, you know hannah was like oh something is wrong here she said if you have to give an ultimatum there is no trust and so you know it was he really i mean we could say kieran did him in but he very much helped do himself in
0: yeah absolutely i think the the ultimatum is the thing that and later on hannah will come back to that at a really important moment but yeah I, i i wealth kind of has played such a great game and just loses it in his reactions at this last crucial moment it, it's funny though that it, again we're watching this as viewers from an outside perspective and it's easy for us to say these things but i'm still surprised it took hannah this long after kieran's you know, he at the table, he's nodding towards mm-hmm. Wilf very obviously. <laughs> he has his parting gift comment. Even when he stands up, there's this just this brilliant TV moment of I've called it the triangle of looks. So we have Hannah, Wilf and Kieran just looking from one to the other. So Kieran is eyeing Wolf and then looking back to Hannah, essentially saying with his eyes, it's him, it's him, it's him wealth is completely paranoid and is glancing between the two of them hi- half hiding behind his hands like a little kid who's in trouble and he's <laughs> been caught and and he's just thinking is this? she figured it out she figured it out does she know it's me and hannah seems to have understood she knows there's something going on she's mm-hmm. looking between the two of them thinking why does kieran keep looking at him and as soon as you know kieran he has no speech. She has no preamble. He just says, "I'm a traitor." Walks out, and and then all hell breaks loose. They're all yeah. so confused. I mean, I mean, Meryl's always confused. So Meryl's yeah. just clueless. She's going, "We're, we're right. Are, are we done? We're done, right? We got yeah. we got them." Uh, but at least Aaron and Hannah have picked up on the parting gift thing, and they're saying, "Why? Why was he saying that? What does he mean?" And then, like you said wealth just goes wild he just has a complete meltdown because he's made it so far he's on the verge of winning all this money he's had to do so many horrible things to get here and now maybe he's gonna lose it he, he, he just has a meltdown i'm i'm gonna sort of take this moment then to have this big this a discussion about a big question mm-hmm.
1: you should celebrate yourself every day In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: David, was Kieran cheating? Did he cheat?
1: Well, it's really hard to determine if someone cheated when you don't know the rules. We don't know the rules. <laughs> True now as I saw it because he was dropping hints giving looks making cryptic, cryptic comments my thought is and I, I think we discussed this previously but uh, my thought is that they have rules somewhere and it's part of the oath also that the traders take that you cannot reveal or you cannot you know name that another, person is a traitor yeah so i believe that that is the rule you cannot flat out say that person is a traitor so was he skirting the rule yes did he cheat no he was he vindictive yes um you know was he angry probably but i don't think he cheated i think he just Was like, well, fine, I'm not going to win. I don't want him to win either. I will drop these hints. And, you know, if they, if they, they'd better pick up on it. And hopefully they do. Now, we know, and I don't think this is a spoiler because, quite frankly, until we saw the reunion episode, we didn't even know about it. But on the US show, there was someone dropping hints. And no one picked up on them at all, including, I think, any of the viewers, until he literally uh, talked about it on the reunion show. Yeah. We were all like, that was a hint. That was a really bad hint. Um, (laughs) You know, but in this case, the hints were a lot more obvious. Um, I'm trying to think of examples of where this would not, you know, where this would be similar. Um, and I, off the top of my head, it's really hard to think of any, but it's, I guess, you know, there's a show, okay, there's a show on Netflix called Outlast. Okay. And it's made a big splash here in the U.S. recently. And it's basically, you're dumped off in Africa, in the only, or Africa, in, sorry, in Alaska, in a much different climate, <laughs> and the only, the only rule is basically like you can't physically hurt each other yeah okay well at one point and i don't want to give too much away as a spoiler here but at one point someone does something to another camp that does not physically hurt them but could cause them to endanger themselves okay yeah That's not against the rules. They did not actually hurt them. They did something that will make life much more difficult for them, but they didn't physically hurt them. They did not cheat. You know, uh, other people encouraged some of their fellow players to quit, because that's the only way you can win, is by everybody else quitting, is what you're told at the you know, is the other rule, I guess, and that's why it's called Outlast. Uh, But I would I would compare it to that. They're not physically harming these people, but they're putting them in a situation where they could come to harm. Yeah. And here, Kieran didn't outwardly say Wilf is a traitor, but he made it fairly clear.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen Outlast. I've heard about it on social media and traitors' fan pages and things, but... Uh, it's not on Netflix UK for some reason, so mm. I can't access it just yet. Uh, in terms of Kieran, I think I agree with you, and I, this is something that I go back and forth on. The yeah. first time I watched The Traitors and I got to the finale, I felt like Kieran had broken the rules, and I I thought, that's not fair. I thought, that's not fair what he's done. That, that ruins the game. He's just given it away. That's too obvious. But watching it again and listening to what you said well we we don't know what the rules are so i can't we can't really say he broke the rules when we don't know what they are other than like you said you're not explicitly allowed to name a traitor can you nod in their direction and give cryptic clues like a parting gift you can't write that into rules really can you so maybe cheating isn't the right word uh Maybe he Sturning. bent the, yes, yeah, skirting the Stur- rules, bending the I mean, rules.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I spent 30 years writing rules. That uh, it was my job. I wrote environmental rules. And so, yeah, you take into account everything that you can think of that someone could try to do to get around it. Yeah. But still, what's in black and white is in black and white. And so if I say someone has to... Uh, control their emissions 95% and they control it 94.7%, but that rounds to 95, well, they're okay. And you may say, well, that's skirting the rules. Well, no, it's, you know, I mean, they followed the, the letter of the law. And so if the rules say you can't name someone, well, he didn't. And I feel like he knew
0: exactly what he was doing. you know and that's why he said what he said and there's something quite ironic about it all because i i actually think this is a big part of why the show in the uk has been such an enormous hit i think that's part of what made it such a great series is the way that it came to this climax and what happened with kieran right at the end that that's the moment that I saw everywhere on social media and memes and little clips. It's it's the Kieran with the parting gift and the nodding and the Welsh reaction, the triangle of look that's what people have played over and over and over again. So maybe he was bending the rules a bit, but the producers actually I think are probably rubbing their hands going, This is amazing. This yeah. is brilliant. <laughs> so maybe bending the rules actually worked for them, even if they didn't expect it. So, yeah, going back to Wilf, I
1: think that, honestly, even if he wasn't a traitor, even if, for some reason, you know, his story was true and Kieran was just mad at him, I think the other three had to vote him out, no matter what. You, You can't take the risk that you might be losing all the money. Yeah. And even if you're wrong, the consequences are that you end up with a higher percentage of the money. <laughs> True. Oh, what, what a shame. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I know they didn't want to vote out their friends, and that goes back to what I was talking about that's a different aspect that you don't get, like I said, if you're playing a mini online game or something like that, that, you know, you're, you're hurting a friend by doing this. You're taking money. But in this case, if you, if you think about it from a pure game perspective, you have no choice but to vote him out right now
0: yeah and that sort of reminds me of something i've mentioned a couple of times you know throughout the podcast i've spoken to various people and often guests say they don't really like the missions what's the point of the missions a a lot of people say they just skip past them but the more i think about it and especially with this final episode you know we we spoke about the fact that they were all on the speedboat together right i do think part of the missions is to encourage them to have bonds and connections and feel like a team and feel like they're close Mm. in order to make the betrayals more difficult and to create better tv so i i do think the missions serve a purpose psychologically and yeah if if this was a game where they came to round tables they had breakfast and then they all went off to the rooms it, it, it wouldn't and maybe it wouldn't feel the same I don't know I think I think the team aspects of completing missions must add something to the way that they feel about one another
1: yeah I do I, I do think you're right about that I think there is you know there's always that sort of team bonding uh, when I have said uh, particularly about the US version that the the missions were pretty much meaningless it was just because like okay it's team versus team. But it's not really a versus situation. It's yeah. They both That, that get part the money, I would
0: agree with. Yeah.
1: You know, or especially in the US version where you can win all the money back at the end. You, you,
0: <laughs> exactly. You do <doing> it right. <laughs>
1: um, and uh, so I, in the UK version, I know it was shot right after the US version. I do think they learned a few things. I think that they added to the team versus team aspect of things by making the way you win shields a little bit different. Yeah. And I do think that helped because if you were on a winning team, basically that whole team had a shield, you know, in the, you know, latter part of the game. Uh because you didn't know who really had the shield. Uh so I I think that it did it was more meaningful in this version than it was in the US version.
0: Before the the, the real finale then the sort of fire of truth we have this segment where claudia interviews the final contestants i i, I like this because it's quite sort of uh you know it creates this personable atmosphere we feel like we're getting to know an, another aspect to the players we care for them it amps up the stakes because she asks them all how proud are you you got this far what would you spend the money on it just increases what's at jeopardy really mm-hmm. so we arrive at the fire of truth i get i've written, i've said this in every single episode pretty much about wealth wealth looks capital letters awful he yeah. is ru- rubbing his face and then his hands are in his pockets he looks like he's been crying or about to cry he, he he's even it, he can he looks like he can't look at the others everything about his body language is either screaming traitor or screaming i have given up and i hate all of you now (laughs) Uh, so claudia explains how this final game is going to work they all have pouches to choose from they can either choose to end the game or to banish again by throwing in a red or a green flame to the fire i think we talked about this before I, I don't really understand the point of the collection bag because that gives yeah. the impression it's going to be an anonymous vote and you won't know who picked what color. But they put their pouches in the bag. Claudia then pulls them out and says exactly who put in each right. thing. So it feels a bit silly. Um, Why not we'd... just
1: have them throw it in the fire themselves? Yeah, I think exactly. That would
0: be more, okay,
1: you know, go, Wilf, throw it in. You know, uh, Meryl, throw it in. And, uh, you know, maybe they're afraid they'll miss and Claudia's trained for this. I I don't know. You
0: know? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Maybe there's yeah. some sort of intense fire training and they're not yeah. allowed yeah. to throw the <laughs> pouch. <laughs> um, I don't know how much I could believe that. Uh, so we begin with Meryl. I don't know if it's just me. Maybe I'm reading too much into things now. I thought that the fact they started with Meryl suggested something was up. That it wasn't going to be a straightforward vote that's only because my logical brain tells me we should just go from left to right and we should just start with mm. hannah who's on the left but we start halfway round the semicircle i don't know um so meryl votes uh, or claudia throws the pouch in on her behalf it's green wealth it's green and then we get to hannah and it's the red flame mm-hmm. and she justifies it by saying i don't know why kieran said what he said and then I was given an ultimatum. And if you have to give an ultimatum, then there's no trust. And it's like you said earlier, that was the thing for Hannah that made her realise he is not behaving in, right. in a, a way that suggests he's a faithful and that we can all trust one another. It's there's something she says. She says it doesn't tie up with his personality and what she thought she knew of him. I mean, bearing in mind they've known each other for twelve days. Uh, <laughs> Aaron also then votes uh, and, a, and it's a red flip I was actually quite surprised that Aaron went red as well uh, I thought he'd be kind of like Merrill but I get, he, he does what you said, he says I can't take a chance, I, I want this money to help out my mum mm-hmm. so maybe I'm wrong but I'll be even more angry with myself if this money gets stolen from me so I just have to right. do it and at the round table he, he did also pick up on you know, as soon as Kieran walked out, Aaron did immediately say, Why did he say that? What did he mean? So I suppose he, he knew something wasn't right. Wilf is still defending himself, he gets so angry, he goes, That's how I feel. I feel you're taking the money away from me. Why are you doing this to me? But it's it's probably a bit futile at this point to defend yourself. Oh yeah.
1: And I, I think he knew it was it was futile when he got there. You know, and I, I think Hannah was probably in Aaron's ear during the midpoint time you know like when wolf was giving that that uh, confessional yeah uh, I, I think that uh, you know she was probably in his ear at that point too and so I think she certainly helped the, the situation uh, of getting him to vote red too
0: yeah so the votes come in Wilf begins he votes for Aaron even though he, he knows it's pointless now the, the only way out of it I thought would be if Meryl then maybe also picked Aaron to vote for and we ended up with a tie that that's really the only way I could see out for Wilf here but Hannah votes for Wilf, Aaron votes for Wilf, Meryl votes for Wilf he has been banished it's, it's this just brilliant moment it's time for him to reveal his status his head's down and it's it's the first time I saw this actually he's quite creepy he he changes his persona so swiftly you'd (laughs) think he was an actor he looks up with a big grin on his face and says guys i'm a traitor and this is this is a, a moment in the episode that i had such a different reaction to second time around the first time i watched it i felt really angry towards will and i i thought i i didn't believe anything he was saying i thought he just is embarrassed and so he's pretending that oh he's so happy for them so that 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 was how i felt the first time i watched it i really didn't didn't like him the way he behaves but this time around funnily enough i actually i was very i I actually got really emotional i thought oh no this i do believe him actually seems like he's really happy for his friends Mm -hmm. uh and he says look i was only able to get through because i had amazing people with me it was so difficult if it's going to go to anyone, I'm glad it's you guys. I mean, he was still willing to steal from them all up until the last minute. Right. But I do think he does care about them, and I do think he meant it. I'm really happy for you guys. Uh, I mean, what, what was your reaction to Wilf at the end?
1: Yeah, I think that it was, you know, like I've been saying, the the emotional burden just got to him. And as soon as that was lifted, the moment that that was take it away. It was like you were carrying a physically heavy weight and someone took it from you and you could just, oh my gosh, I'm so much lighter. Everything is better now. And, and so once that was done, he didn't have that on his conscience anymore. You know, he was, he was fine. He was happy. And, you know, he had been stringing them along or not, not stringing them up, bringing them along because They were the people he liked, and he really did control most of who went home and and who didn't in that regard, which, you know, that's maybe another piece of advice for future traders is don't bring your friends along. Uh, You know, (laughs) like, I I understand you want to spend more time with them, and you'd prefer they win than someone else if if you don't win, but you want to win, so bring someone you hate so it's a lot (laughs) easier to lie to them at the end.
0: That's a good point, yeah, yeah so claudia then uh asks them you know you're going to have to vote again even though we we Mm. we're pretty sure what's going to happen here it doesn't feel too intense anymore they all vote green they all reveal they're faithful it's it's just this fantastic moment uh that they have the most triumphant music imaginable playing uh playing through these scenes uh i i've just written what a series even watching it the second time i just thought this this was just perfect perfect tv Uh, i loved it aaron is really sweet because at the end he says i can't wait to tell my mum uh and (laughs) and we end on this brilliantly i think sort of british note (laughs) where with meryl saying guys we've got 33 fucking grand and claudia just says meryl could you not swear for just five seconds we're getting the end shot of the entire show and even then meryl goes shit (laughs) Uh, just a brilliant moment of levity at the end of all of it and series one of the traitors uk is over So, David, we have made it to the end of uh, The Traitors UK Series 1. What What are your overall uh, impressions of the series? How did you enjoy it?
1: I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, It was a surprise to me at the end. I thought Wilf would win. The whole way through, I thought Wilf would win. Um, but then you had this, like, unforeseen poor play by Kieran to just give up. Uh <laughs> Less poor, but still bad play from Wilf at the very end after, you know, doing pretty well through the rest of the season. And, yeah. of course, combined with the vindictiveness of Kieran. uh, So that just threw everything upside down. And yeah. so, yeah, like I said, Wilf just ended up essentially giving the money to three people he liked yeah, uh, because he brought them along. You know, I think it was... A, a fine ending. I don't think that. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny because you mentioned how Meryl is, you know, was consistently wrong, and yet there she was, still, still winning. <laughs> so it it reminds me of a show. It is a very, very old U.S. show. There was only one season, uh, for tragic reasons we won't go into. But uh, it was called Murder in Small Town X, and. They have to figure out who the murderer is the whole way through. And then at the very end, they have to decide based on the clues. There's only there's two finalists left. They have to decide based on the clues who goes to one of the two spots and to figure it out. And both of them want to go to the same spot, but they can't because there can only be one winner. So through, you know, whatever it was, bad luck, one ends up going to the one that he thought was not. The killer. Well, it turned out that the, the clues were so convoluted that the one both of them were sure was not the killer was the killer. So he ended up winning by going to the one that he didn't want to go to. Yeah. And that reminds me of Merrill here. She up <laughs> winning despite the fact she never would have voted Wilf out. She didn't even want to vote again. Yeah. You know, and so, so, but, you know, because she's there with other people who were like, yes, we need to do this. She ends up sharing in the spoils.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I guess she was maybe brought along by Wilf, not just because he liked her, but because he thought she's never going to vote for me. She trusts right. me. So, uh, and then it didn't work out in his favor. Uh, what about uh, favorite contestants? Uh, who did you enjoy watching in this series? Oh, Andrea.
1: Uh,
0: obviously. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Correct answer. <Yes>. Five points. <laughs> and uh, any, we've, we've talked about this a few times, any changes you think should or could be made moving forward? Because there will be a second series mm-hmm. of the UK traders.
1: I mean, I, I, I do think they need to, you know, maybe yeah, clarify what can the traders say, what can they not say. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they like keeping it vague for the audience so the audience doesn't know. Uh, but, I, I, you know, we talked earlier about how to handle the problem of not or maybe not having enough traders at the end. I, I, I don't like the way they forced a trader conversion at the end. Yeah. I just did not like that. I mean, it was the illusion of choice. You know, okay, you can flip to be a traitor, or, or you're murdered. Well, that's not a choice. You know, that's, that's okay. Of course, I'll become a traitor. Oh, and then I just get voted out. You know, a, a couple times later. Uh, so, I, I do think they need to alter that a little bit because that was what set up the way the whole end game played out. Now, yeah. maybe they're happy with it, but I, I, I was not from a game perspective. Uh, I think they should have done things differently.
0: Yeah. Now, I thought I would ask you a little bit about uh, some comparisons with the U.S. version of the show. And at this point, listeners, we will give some spoilers here. We're probably going to talk about the who wins the U.S. traitors. So, if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, maybe you don't. You don't listen from this point in. So. Uh, in the US traitors finishes a little bit differently. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a traitor wins. Siri wins the series. Uh, and you said you thought, I just like
1: how you said, uh, we might be talking about the winner. And then literally your next sentence <laughs> yeah, I just, is who the winner
0: I just is. Went right into it, you know. I, I mean, <laughs> I gave a spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I thought it was funny. Well, why not go right there? Right, uh, right. You, you're a fan of Suri and her mm-hmm. gameplay, uh, you, you've said a couple of times today, you were sure Wilf would win throughout the UK show. Why were you sure Wilf would win?
1: Well, part of it is that I do think the game is unbalanced uh, towards the traders. Um, and I, I I don't know, just the way he was doing his confessionals and everything else, the way people viewed him as a friend, I, I thought he would win. And you know, we didn't really even know about the Kieran factor until just a couple episodes before the end, so you know that's hard to take into account. But I thought he'd vote out Kieran, and Kieran would you know go quietly into the night, and and that would be the end of it. But um, you know, I just didn't didn't consider that Kieran would do what Kieran did. Yeah. Um, and so it it. I I thought it would have an ending very similar. Uh, But, you know, there are a couple of uh, differences. Like I've said, these types of games weigh on you. Wilf is a complete newbie to that feeling. Yeah, Seri is the opposite of a newbie. She has played Survivor four times. She played Snake in the Grass. She has done these other things. She has been in the community for years and years and years. She knows these are games She has been trying to win money for her family. And she knows that, uh, you know, if I have to break a few hearts, I have to break a few hearts. I need to do what has to be done. And Wilf just, this was his first time dealing with it. And it was, you you could just see it. It was so difficult for him. And at the end, I, I mean, as much as you know, it was, a lot of it was Kieran that got him. A, a lot of it was, I think, Will's own guilt playing on him. That, you know, he just he just couldn't keep it up. Whereas I think Ceri in a similar situation would have found a way to keep it up. And in a way she did because she got rid of Ari and Ari was like, eh, heck with it, I'm just leaving. Yeah. You know, and uh, of course he was the one who dropped the hint that I had mentioned earlier, that the hint that was so bad that no one caught it.
0: Yes. Um, he said, good luck instead of goodbye.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and so, I mean, you know, a lot of, and, and we saw in the reunion, there were a lot of hurt feelings from a, a, a couple of the players, especially the newbie finalists, um, you know, and and those those clips, I have used them on my video accounts Uh, My TikTok, my YouTube. I mean, one of those reunion clips is literally the most viewed I have on YouTube. Uh, Almost double as much as the next one. Because people know Siri and, you know, the comments that I've gotten both there and TikTok have been, and Instagram, have been like 99 percent in favor of suri and these other people just being bitter and everything else because they've seen Suri play they understand it's a game yeah and you know wilf just didn't have that he thought he had it and for a long time he had it but at the end he just he couldn't bring it home
0: yeah for future series of the uk show how would you feel about the, the introduction of uh, celebrity or, or reality TV veterans like they did in the U.S. version.
1: Well, if they introduced uh, those people in the U.K., I wouldn't know who they were, so it wouldn't help me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I, I, I thought that you had a news item that the second series was not going to have any. Uh, no, yeah,
0: yeah, the, the BBC and Studio Lambert have said that it'll be the same as the first series. Uh, okay. al- although, so yeah, they'll just, they'll do sort of ordinary people, not celebrities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is still talk about doing a celebrity spin-off, probably a shortened version, right. kind of like Celebrity Apprentice type thing. So they may mm-hmm. well, I can see that happening in a celebrity version, but I'd definitely, but the, the next main series will be People who are not celebrities, and I don't ever imagine them doing a mixture of the two, which I still don't quite understand.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we talked about that in the uh, you know in I don't remember if it was the finale uh, podcast for the U.S. or for the for the reunion podcast, but yeah, I mean, there are problems with doing a mixture, which is that you know people flock to the uh, to the celebrities whereas if you do a whole celebrity season well then you don't have that situation.
0: Yeah.
1: And so um so yeah, it, the mixture is it is it, yeah, it's definitely interesting and it you know there was we saw the same thing uh this season and other seasons too uh occasionally on Survivor. This season on Australian Survivor. I won't spoil the outcome it just ended, but <laughs> um it was another mixture season. And, you know, at the beginning, it really seemed to me like all the returning players were sticking together. Yeah. Um. And so you have that issue and you have, you know, the new players being like, oh, I've seen you on my TV. I want to play with you. And then the returning players have more control that way. Uh, it doesn't, you know, guarantee a certain outcome, but it, it certainly makes it more likely in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh, a final couple of questions uh, about the series. Uh, favorite mission?
1: Favorite mission? Um, I, I actually the the ones that were different from the U.S. ones I, I liked. I think the sheep I, I found very amusing. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: yeah. I can't. I can't imagine Kate Chastain. Uh, yeah describing the faces of sheep yes
1: and that was the thing too of all the things you could do with it describing their faces who like, <laughs> came up with that you know
0: and uh finally uh thoughts on claudia Winkleman as a whole did you know who claudia was before this no Does Cla- it, no okay uh yeah. and in the uk she presents our version of uh Dancing with the Stars. So we, oh, okay. our, our version of that. She's one of the one of the hosts, and, and various other things. But that's mm-hmm. sort of probably the biggest thing she's known for. Uh, did you like Claudia as a host?
1: I did. I I like Alan Moore, okay. um, which you can't argue with. You know, being Scottish, <laughs> uh, uh, I I felt like. I don't know, I I, I liked Alan playing it up as, I mean, he described himself as almost a Bond villain, which uh, maybe I didn't quite see it that much, but like from him, when he would pull down a picture and just throw it on the floor, (laughs) it was more believable. I think Claudia did that once and then she was nice every time after that. And that was the thing, she was nice. She was almost a little too involved. Like she was rooting them on, she was hugging them. And I can see that like from a Dancing with the Stars host in this case it was i don't know there's nothing wrong with it i i just you know i like the way alan handled it better
0: now before we conclude our game that we've been playing throughout uh david tell us where can we find you online what should we be checking out <laughs>
1: So I'm on Twitter at David Bloomberg, uh, just D-A-V-I-D-B-L-O-O-M-B-E-R-G, just my name. Uh, and then I am at the various video sites, like I mentioned, YouTube, uh, TikTok, and Instagram uh, at David Bloomberg TV, all one word. And that's the same account name on all three of those. And I do a bunch of different reality TV uh, short videos there. Um, you know, usually it's clips from shows with thoughts involved. Uh, sometimes I do miniature versions of my podcast uh, like I did for all of uh, Australian Survivor, uh, talking about why each player lost or eventually won. Uh, of course, I have the regular podcast for US Survivor, uh, which is uh, just called Why Blank Lost. And that's on the uh, Rob Has a Podcast Network. So you can find that I'm sure by uh, searching. Searching your, uh, you know, podcaster, pod, pod uh, is that the right word? Podcaster of choice? Podcast <laughs> of choice. That's what, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, so, y- you know, you can find me there. Uh, I will uh, almost certainly uh, uh, go ahead and uh, continue into uh, Big Brother, U.S. Big Brother. Okay. Um, and, uh, but we've still got a long way to go in U.S. Survivor first
0: Okay, fantastic. And as always, I will share all of those links. <laughs> now, David, we have been playing the trader Traitor. Ooh. Ah. I have told you a lie during our conversation. Did you deceive me? Did you tell me a lie?
1: I did. Okay. Well, I told you a lie. I don't know if I deceived you. You'll have to
0: well, tell me that. Sure. <laughs> uh, I should have said, did you attempt to deceive <laughs> yes, me? Yes. <laughs> um, I i'm going to guess your lie i think you dropped it in very very early on if this wasn't a lie then i am not a very good (laughs) host of a podcast about the traitors because if this is true then it's something i really missed i think you told a lie about something that happened in the episode um you said (laughs) that someone described kieran as looking like inspector gadget and i didn't catch anyone saying that in the show is, is that the lie no i
1: i <laughs> swear i thought that like Hannah said that i i swear no i um, mean it's possible i'm mistaken but i believe that that they said that
0: i was so conv- as soon as he said it i thought <laughs> that's a lie no <laughs> one said that but yeah maybe i was too busy taking notes <laughs> uh, okay you, you're, you're gonna have to reveal what was your real lie
1: oh it was very intricate there i wasn't i didn't play in any online traders game there uh, uh, that that whole story was made up the whole thing
0: you know when you started telling that i thought maybe this is a lot but it went on so long i thought no this is this is a real he's he's talking a lot about this (laughs) Thought this is real and and i was even thinking wow that's really interesting he's not told me anything about that (laughs) uh you failed me by doing the opposite of what i thought you would do (laughs) you gave me this huge story yes uh well, I suppose I mean, every, that everything that, that I said
1: in terms of playing online games, uh, you know, and the difference in playing a long term game and all, all of that is true. It's just that I didn't play in any
0: online traders game. It, it never happened. OK, <laughs> now I'm going to be really annoyed if you guess my lie. Uh, what What do you think well, I lied about?
1: I mean, I'm in a very similar situation to you because either you told a lie or I just totally don't remember this challenge where things in the room disappeared and we heard voices. I don't remember that at all. So either that was a lie or I'm in the same boat as you and just didn't catch it.
0: That was not a lie. That (laughs) that really was a mission. Yeah, it was a sort of... uh, It was a sort of spot the difference mission. The three of them would go into a room in the house with Alan.
1: Oh, I remember. Okay, now I ob- remember yeah, it. Because, yeah. yeah, things would flicker. And it was fairly early on in the season, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was okay. Then, no, I did not catch your lie this time.
0: My lie was very discreet. Uh, you mentioned a show called Outlast. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't i can't watch it here i said it's not on netflix uk yeah. uh, that was a lie it is available here oh! i haven't watched it but you can watch it on netflix yeah i've seen it. i've seen the trailer
1: <laughs> well you did that very smoothly and it was very believable because i know that i almost said well you can get a vpn you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> excellent i feel i've redeemed myself a little yes. bit a yes. little bit uh, david thank you so so much as always uh, i really appreciate it i know you have to take time out to watch the episode again and make notes and then we record for a long time so i'm really really grateful uh it's always great to have all of your expertise uh, i hope <laughs> you've you've had a nice time talking about the finale
1: absolutely it was fun thank you
0: fantastic i will talk to you soon take care goodbye bye well trade our listeners we made it The final episode of the Traitors UK is done! Although it's not quite over for the podcast season just yet, I still have a fantastic interview with someone really amazing for you and I'm going to release that in a couple of weeks after I've returned from my long-awaited holiday. If you've been listening to previous episodes, you'll already know who that interview is with, because I've spoken about it so many times. So check in on the Trader on your podcast player in a couple of weeks' time to check that out. Before I go, I always ask guests about anything they want to promote or think people should check out. And I always tell you about the podcast social media. But to sort of almost end this season of the podcast, I thought I'd tell you about something else from me you could check out. I always begin the podcast by saying, hi, I'm Matthew and I'm a writer. And you may well be wondering, hmm, what does Matthew write? Well, because you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you like mystery, intrigue and deception, and therefore might want to check out two of my novels. Turning the hourglass is kind of like Doctor Who meets the butterfly effect, and imagines that ghosts aren't people from the past who died, they're people from the future who haven't been born yet. It's a time-travelling, character-led story centering on Dern, a historian from the future, living with secrets and trying to illegally manipulate the past. Secondly, if you like Stranger Things, The Craft or The Perks of Being a Wallflower, you could check out my spooky coming-of-age novel The Stone in My Pocket. Just like The Traitors, it's set in Scotland this time in a Scottish village in 1999, where 17-year-old Nathan can't talk to his parents, but believes he can talk to ghosts. The novel follows a teenage journey into mediumship, independence and 90s pop culture. If you like the sound of those, check out the great reviews on Goodreads and Amazon, and you can buy copies via most online places where you would normally buy books. If you're in the UK, I recommend bookshop.org, Waterstones or Blackwells. Or you could even get in touch with me directly on Twitter and Instagram at Matthew J. Keeley or on Facebook at Matthew Keeley Writer. One final plea. If books aren't really your thing, but you've enjoyed the podcast coverage of The Traitors UK, please take a little visit to my coffee page. I research, write, record, edit, and deal with the distribution of this podcast completely by myself. I organise guests and operate the social media accounts. And I do it because I love the show so much and I'm enjoying everything about the podcast, except the amount of hours all this organisation takes. And I'm doing it all for free. In fact, it's costing me money. So if you've been listening in and you want me to keep it up, have a think about visiting coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley and that's spelled M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-E-E-L-E-Y and putting in a wee donation. It's not a subscription or a Patreon, it can just be a one-off, couple of pounds or dollars, whatever you think a cup of tea or coffee would cost. Thank you so, so much to Stephen and Amanda and Tracy who've been really, really kind with their donations so far. I appreciate it so much. I'll put the link to my coffee page in the episode notes on your podcast player. Thanks to everyone who has been listening to the podcast. The support has been fab. Remember, it's not quite over yet. A special bonus interview episode will be with you in a couple of weeks. I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, trade our listeners, stay faithful.